Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Junior Soccer Focus with Aidan Ryan. Aidan, we got a great response to the, the first episode of, of the podcast. I mean, people were even very nice to you uh, talking about your knowledge of, of junior football. So has that come as a surprise to you? Uh, I, 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 I suppose it has really, Adrian, but listen, there's a lot of good football people out in Limerick. <laughs> and obviously the podcast, the podcast has been enjoyable for them and it's something different as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, to, to have the privilege to, to host this podcast as well. In another busy week, we're into the third round of fixtures this week that we're previewing a whirlwind few days at the start of the, the Premier Division campaign. There's nowhere better to start than, than Crew Park and, and Ballinanti, it's fair to say. Aiden. I was at the Ballinanti and Mungret game and obviously interviewed Dave Dunphy. Unfortunately, we had a few issues, so I couldn't put out the actual video interview, but... I, I could certainly tell when I brought, brought up the Crew Park game that Dave Dunphy, it, it stirred something up different in him, you know, that inner city rivalry again. And, and he admitted that, that he felt that that was what the league was about without being disrespectful to the teams outside of that. Um, you know, a, a real, I suppose, mouthwatering clash in considering as well, Crew Park, two wins from two on their return to the Premier. They've beaten Mungret, they've beaten Kuna, and obviously Balnanti, you know, losing out you know, narrowly to Pike and then defeating Munger quite comfortably on Sunday. So it's all set up to be a really exciting clash in crew. Yeah, it's a real it's a real premier clash, isn't it, Adrian? I think there'll be a huge crowd there and people will be looking forward to it, especially up in crew then as well. Um, or is it in Bella? Or Bella at home, are they? It's actually crew at home, Aidan, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, should be a cracker of a game. I saw the crew game on, on Sunday, Adrian, against Kuna. Uh, enjoyed the match. At times, lacked a lot of quality. But crew have that blend of experience that we were talking about in the first chat we had. Um, Jonathan Grant, Aaron Noonan, Jamie O'Sullivan, uh, Pa Boyle, Gary Griffin, Mark Slattery, Evan Maloney. All these lads have a lot of uh, Premier experience. Know how the game is played. Know how to manage matches. They scored five goals. Ironically, four set pieces of the five, four set pieces. S mm. Some of the goals, really poor defending on Kona's part. But listen, you have to take your chances when they, they present themselves. Jonathan Grant with two headed goals, typical headed goals by, by Jonathan. Uh, Aaron Noonan took advantage of a rather poor defensive slip and, and scored a handy goal, I thought. Um, crew looked comfortable enough. First 15 or 20 minutes, I thought Kuna played the better football. But once the first goal went in, I thought Crew were, were in Crew's control after that. And I saw the team sheet for Crew, obviously Sunday, but the very first night when they played Mungret, Aiden. And I saw, as you said, the players you mentioned uh, with the amount of experience behind them, you know, a lot of them Premier winners in the past. And in one way, I was kind of half surprised because I thought, well, is that the way, way to go? But considering the results from Albert Slattery, he seems to know what he was doing and he needed that experience to start off and try and get results early. Absolutely. And no better players to give it to him than the, than the lads we've mentioned. And probably a few more to come in there as well, Adrian, that weren't there. I didn't see Adrian, uh, Adam Frahel there. He's actually on uh, the substitute bench, so he'll be due in as well, I suppose. Yeah, mm. I didn't see Mark, Mark McGrath there. Two, two more players with huge uh, experience at this level. But uh, on the other side of things, Adrian, I saw two young lads who I was very impressed with. And in fact, I thought they were the best players on the pitch. Uh, David Power at right full and Adam Dorr uh, out on the uh, left side of the pitch. Very, very impressed with the two young lads, the composure they showed, uh, the ability to go past players. Uh, young Power, also a decent defender. 
Uh, good engine on him, got up and down the pitch. Adam Dorff, very, very, um, very, very skillful. Also very direct, which was great to see from, from a left-sided player and caused uh, Kuna no, no, uh, no endless uh, amount of trouble. Yeah, and as I said, I was at the game myself on Sunday between Balnanti and Mungrath, the opponents for Crew on Thursday night. Uh, for the first 25 minutes, Ed, and it was as you, I would have expected, it was very tight between the two teams, you know. Then, you know, Balnanti got the first goal. They got three goals then in 15 minutes and took control. They, they were quite impressive in the attacking third of the pitch from, from the first goal on, to be fair. We mentioned the players last week, the likes of Habedin Gabido. You've got the likes of Keen Fitzgerald played midfield, uh, Keen Power as well. Also there, that came from Premier A. I said that to Dave Dunphy. They look like they have a point to prove at this level. I suppose you're going now from playing Munger. They're, they're really impressed. They're going to have a totally different challenge now against Crew on Thursday. Because as you said, these guys are inexperienced, young, maybe fiery. The likes, they'll be certainly tested by the likes of Mark Slattery and the other experienced crew lads. Yeah, they'll, they'll learn a lot about themselves uh, Thursday night, Adrian. Again, but, uh, I, I, I also noticed that he freshened the team up, Dave, a bit. Yeah. yeah, he made a lot of changes from the from the first match. So everybody in the squad now, bar maybe one or two, has had uh, ample game time. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of a selection he goes with uh, above uh, against Coro. But listen, they'll be very disappointed with the first match losing out at the last minute. By all accounts, they were winning the the game against Pike and probably slightly on top. And to lose to such a, a cheap goal uh, uh, with no time to recover would have would have hurt them. Plus the fact they would view Pike as, as, you know, potential one of top four rivals, maybe top five rivals. So they'll be disappointed with that. But to bounce back the way they did on Sunday and to win so comprehensively, because I, I, I thought they, they were going to win the game Sunday, but I didn't think they'd win as comprehensively as they did because Richie Burke's Mungers are normally a fairly solid outfit. And, mm. you know, you have to earn your goals against Mungers normally. So very, very good three points for Ben Nanty. They'll be going up there now on a high. Yeah, Absolutely. I know I was slagging last week, Aidan, about sitting on the fence. This one, because of the form of the teams going into the tie from Sunday, was very hard to call. I, if I was going for a prediction, I certainly went for a draw on this one. What's your own uh, prediction here? I, I think Bala will, will, uh, will get the three points. Oh, fairly fairly uh, sticking the neck out in the line there in a way of victory. We haven't went for many of them last week, uh, that's for sure. You, were, you mentioned Mungrath there, Aidan, so that will bring us on to the next game. You've got Mungrath hosting Charleville. In the and these two teams both will be desperate for points considering the starts that they've made. I know Richie said that you know Balnanti obviously is a bit of a free hit for them. He's looking at the likes of Charleville, he's looking at the likes of Kuna in the coming week where they've got to pick up results. Slight bit of pressure, I suppose, because as you said, Richie's teams, you know, notoriously have made it very hard for you know even the top teams to beat them. It's only the odd goal generally, or maybe two goals maximum, but they were fairly comprehensively beaten on Sunday, which I know will, will have hurt the whole Munger team. So they will certainly be looking for a response. And then Charleville, you know, maybe different circumstances. They were training down against Pike at halftime. You know, then, as Adam Castle said, they won the second half 1-0, which might, you know, see them come in with, with a bit of confidence coming into this Munger camp. Yeah, and he, he'll, he'll have to take the positives from, from it, Adrian. But the other side of the coin is, I, I've been saying this in the last, part, last podcast, you need to get in the habit, get into the habit of not conceding goals. You know, and even though you're playing teams that, you know, you you probably mightn't accept to get uh, accept, uh, get anything out of in in uh, the two first games they had, they still conceded eight goals, mm. and that would be a worry. So this will be another big test now for Charleville playing Mungers. Uh, Richie will be looking to get his three points here. There's no doubt about that. Could be a tough game for them though, but 
you know, they have they have as we say added that bit of experience to the team. Um, he'll definitely be looking at last Sunday the fact that they conceded four four goals, conceded two goals in the first game against Crew. So a bit of work to be done now uh, before this game towards the night. Very important game, even this early in the season, Adrian. Very very important game for both sides trying to get something out of it. Carvel, I think we're missing a few players to the best of my knowledge that are still to come back into that squad. Um, not sure about Richie. I think Richie's not not far off a full squad there now at the moment. Um, so he'll be he'll be looking uh, big time to get the, the three points. Really, could be a really tight game. Yeah, I think so. And, and Richie did make four changes at half time after they they went three down. And one of the changes he made in personnel then was he put Alan Harkin back at the centre of the back three and had Donny Curtin outside him on the left. I just wonder because of conceding five goals. Against Charleville in, in a game at home like that, do you think he'll pack that defence with experience on on Thursday night against Charleville? You know, not to concede anything cheap, like you were saying. Yeah, well, if the two boys are if Donny Curtin and Alan Harkin are fit to play, I certainly would be playing them, and I, I think Richie uh, will. And the other thing is, will he stick with the three at the back? He's you know it'll be an interesting uh, uh, thing to see what he does exactly with the formation of the team because. It's a game, really. He he'll need to be going. Not well, not necessarily need to be going out and winning, but you you got to be targeting three points. Yeah, definitely, because home form was quite important for them last year as well. To move on now to the third game to discuss, it'll be Nina taking on Kuna. You know, obviously a tough enough trip in a midweek for for Kuna. You know, to go to Nina. I know if people say it's only 20, 25 minutes out the road, but in the travelling and that at all, it all adds up when it's not uh, close by. Um, Nina have had two narrow defeats and you've had obviously the defeat on the opening night 2-0 to regional then lost 1-0 with a Conor Ellis goal I, I believe Nina were right in the game on Sunday and, and quite unlucky maybe not to, to snatch a draw from it at times it looks like just from the starting point without reading too much into it if you were to look at the, the stats like that maybe goals might be hard to come by for that Nina side yeah I didn't see Gat Ryan Gilmartin in the team Sunday, by the way. You know, I think he played the first game as well. I see him back playing with Nina. Uh, maybe Mark McKenna also missing as so far as I know. Yeah, but yeah, goals, goals, goals are scarce. Very hard to go, find a guy that's going to uh, score you 15 or 20 goals in this league, uh, Adrian. And normally, if you do find that guy, you're going to finish well up the table. If you can get a guy that will score you 15 or, or, or 20 league goals. I saw Kuna on uh, Sunday. No Jermoyles. Mm. Uh, not sure what the story is there maybe he's been holidays or, or war commitments or whatever uh, Kuhn had, as I said started really well in that game without looking at, like they were going to score I thought they passed the ball really well but when he got into the last third I thought they ran out of ideas a bit Gordon McKevitt the, ever, the everlasting long-lasting Gordon McKevitt scored a really good goal for Kuna, but when they were 4-0 down really good finish um, not, sure, not so sure where the goals are going to come, come from he did make a few changes at half time um, and brought on Brian Moriarty and Ian Considine, which improved them a bit. At that stage, they were 3-0 down. So how you'd look into that improvement, how to judge, conceded four goals from set pieces. So that wasn't looking too good. Uh, thought the organisation at, 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 at set piece level was, was quite poor. So big improvement needed there. I think Nina will get the three points here, actually. Um, they've been... They've been, the, the reports came back from Nina that they put up or uh, from the regional game that they put up quite a good display in the second half um, and obviously they need goals as well but it could be a tight one 
yeah, I have Mina down for the victory here as well. But I suppose I, I looked at, at Pat Sheehan's highlights of the game, Aidan, I know you were at them. And I mean, I felt like I was tearing my hair out looking at some of the, maybe the defending from the, from the set pieces. Not that I'd be brilliant at it myself by any stretch, but, you know, Paddy Hickey must have been really disappointed because of the fact that, you know, you're going up against the Crew Park side where they can score goals from anywhere anyway, but when you're gifting them goals at that ease, like, I mean, they just can't happen on a regular basis for them, as you said. Absolutely not. And when you have uh, players in the opposition, the calibre of Mark Slattery, Jonathan Grant, Gary Griffin, who are all prolific in the air at set piece, at set piece level, you have to devise a plan to make sure you, you can stop that. And um, to look, the, in the end, the scoring probably even flattered Kuhn a bit because in the last 15 minutes, uh, Crow Park missed, missed several chances and wasn't for uh, Ron, Ronan Ryan's. I would say defensive heroics in the last 15 minutes with the blocks and interceptions he got, it could have been more. Yeah, so we're both down for a Nina victory on that one. There's another tie here now. Pike Rovers against Jamesborough. The near neighbours battle it out. I mean, I suppose, Aidan, when you were involved with Jamesborough, with Shane O'Hannon, there was a different feel to this game without any disrespect to the current Jamesborough side that are there. To be fair to them... You know, they had Anacotti uh, really shaken for long periods of that game on Sunday. I know it was two all coming into maybe close to the 70th minute before Anacotti got their third goal. And Jamesborough probably ran out of steam because of the lack of squad that Shane currently has, which I know he he will say, as you know, as well as me, he'll be working on behind the scenes. But um, they did, you know, give a good account of themselves. To do that again in, in the space of four days against another maybe league favourite, that's going to be a very tough task for Jamesborough. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's quite ironic, Adrian. A couple of years ago, this game, this game would be the game of the night, and you'd have crowds flock to it. Um, so it's, it's amazing the way things turn in, in junior football so so quickly in the space of a few years. Um, Pike are getting the, the the players back. You can see the squad from Sunday. A couple of players coming back on on the bench, starting to look a little bit stronger. Possibly more to come back for this match. Um. Steve will be there too, won't he? So yeah. that'll be another big boost. Yeah. After Grand Adrian, haven't they? I mean, they'd be delighted with the first victory given given the, the strength of the squad with so many missing to come out with yeah. three points against an arch rival like, like Ben and Anti Rovers and to score the way they did in the last minute. Then to go out to Charleville, lead 3-0. Probably made a few changes at halftime to give fellas game time. I know Charleville improved in the second half, but obviously Robbie Williams would have said, listen, we'll make a few changes here and give people game time. Uh, and away a fixture on AstroTurf coming away with a 3-1 victory six points on the board they'll be delighted um, obviously meeting a Jamesborough squad that's that's considerably under strength at the moment you know like I said in the previous meeting Adrian I wouldn't underestimate Shane Hanlon's ability to strengthen the squad and he will strengthen it in the next couple of weeks but it'll be too late for this match and uh, you would expect the point to win comfortably here despite Jamesborough's heroics on, on Sunday when they held a much fancied um, Ashton up to what, 65 minutes, 70 minutes, uh, 2-1, which is, is to be applauded. But um, there are no moral victories in junior football either, Adrian. At the end of the day, they didn't get anything out of the match. Yeah, absolutely. And that is it. And I have also went for a home win on that one, Aidan. I think that would be the, certainly the bookies' favourite uh, on that fixture. It brings us now to, to the last fixture, Aidan. And there's, a, I suppose... I suppose in some ways at the moment with prospect Aiden, there's a there's a, a tinge of sadness, you know, in terms of the way things have worked for prospect because it's only maybe what I think it's four years ago now since Derek Bradish took them up to the Premier Division. 
ever since then, there just seems to have been a, a kind of a dwindling of players leaving every season that's got to the point now where it's effectively just a full B team going out for, for prospect, uh, you know. And to be fair to those lads, you know, they're keeping the show on the road. But when you're playing against the quality opposition in, in Premier, it will, you'll get away with that in 1B and, and 1A and, and the likes. But, you know, in Premier level, it's going to be hard. I mean, you play a fair view of all teams. I know Fairview haven't, you know, maybe set the world alight in terms of goals so far, but they have two victories on the board. They've, they've beaten Nina away from home and, and they've won on the opening night against Kuna. You know, they have, um, you know, a, a strong squad still there, to be fair. So... I know there's been a lot of rumours, Aidan, about maybe will prospect, you know, last the season at Premier level. Um, I don't know if you've heard any more from your contacts on that. Well, I, I haven't heard anything um, official yet, uh, Adrian, on it. But the bottom line is, is, is if you're relying on eight, nine, ten B players to fulfil your, your Premier fixtures, that can't go on. Uh, it's unfair on those players, first of all, yes. as well, because obviously as second team players, they would have ambitions of, of winning their own league. And that second team have got off to a de decent start. They won their first game 7-1 against Cardavan B. And they drew 4 all against Newtown on Sunday. Now, Sunday's result, they were 4-2 up with 10 minutes left. And unfortunately for them, ran out of steam. And we know why they ran out of steam, because they were playing regional on Sunday morning. Um, now, there are two sides to every story, obviously. But the optics of this don't particularly uh, look good for one side. And it's not the people behind Prospect, who have been absolutely fantastic the last few years. They backed their manager 100% last season. And they had a good season last season when you look at it overall. Out of town in the Munster Junior, out of town in the FAI, and uh, stayed stayed up and, and were safe in the Premier League, albeit in the last game of the season. Reappointed the manager in the summer, backed him 100%. There was nothing that isn't available to that manager that, that's within reason that the club uh, would supply to him. And we find with three, two to three weeks before the start of the season that a lot of players have uh, been retained or contacted. And then two or three days before the season, this manager has left. And ironically, he's playing for another club on the same night as, as the club he was due to manage were playing. Very, very disappointing. As I said in the previous night, very disconcerting. A lot of great people in the background for Prospect. It's so sad to see what's happening. Uh, can it continue? Let's not sugarcoat it, Adrian. He can't. It can't continue. How how can you ask uh, B players to fulfil these fixtures every week? And when you get to Sundays, how are they going to manage? How are they going to play a match on a Sunday morning and then go out and play another match at two o'clock Sunday afternoon? It's it's just not uh, it's just not going to happen. Now, what will happen in the next week or two? I I, I obviously don't know. But uh, as a former prospect man, it hurts me deeply to see what's happening. Absolutely. And it is, as you said, very unfair on the players involved that are trying to keep the show on the road for two teams at the club, which they certainly did not sign up for, to be fair. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one, Aidan, because I look at, at players now and obviously I speak to a lot of players, maybe not too personally, to be honest with you, just in, in a kind of a, a professional sense, if you want to use that term. But I do feel now like, you know, the bite has gone out of players, Aidan. I think every player wants to... like wants to be on winning teams. There doesn't seem to be anyone that's able to take their beating anymore. I mean, I know that sounds very simplistic, but, you know, teams just do not want to be in a relegation battle. And unfortunately, you can't, not every team can win every week. Yeah, which is why I suggested to you in, in our last chat that a lot of players who are now sitting on benches with um, what we'll say are the top five, six teams, don't trickle down and join teams that are in yeah. the bottom five, six they're now going down lower, even lower than some of them than Premier A and, and 1A. 
And I look, as you know, I'm still playing the game. And last season, I was playing against lads who have Munster Journal Cup medals and are young lads in their 20s down in the division I was playing. And you have to question, why why is that happening? And and like we said before, the demographics of football are changing uh, between family and work, but also between fellas who don't have that voice, don't have that ambition. And I'm consequently also worried then about the top six, bottom six as a, as a result of that, because I feel that a lot of clubs don't have the ambition to go into the to the top six. And if you if your club don't have the ambition, and possibly your managers don't have the ambition, well then the players aren't going to have the ambition to keep rising up the league with the club they have joined. Yeah, certainly, and that is a frustrating situation if it is to play out again this year. Um, I suppose another, you know, obviously as I said, the rumours are there, and we've seen it now last year with Holy Cross. Holy Cross were in Premier A. They played a few games. I think it was more than two, to be fair. Now they played four or five games, then struggled, pulled out of the league. And obviously, as the rule states at the moment, then if you do try and fulfil at least two fixtures, you don't get relegated directly from Premier to the bottom division in Limerick. You go to the division below you. That's where you'll start. You know, it runs the risk, I suppose. Just say, for instance, if Prospect were to leave and then they go to Premier A, Somerville did that a few years ago as well. If I'm, if I recall, you had Holy Cross. I know there's rumours of one or two other teams to do that as well. Uh, had Carconlish, you know, had went as well not so long ago and done the same thing a few years ago as well. You know, does that rule need to be looked at, Aidan? Because, you know, that can be abused as well. And then the next season, if the clubs do sign players, it's a house of cards again, isn't it? Because I've seen that happen with clubs this year. Yeah, it possibly does have have to be looked at. They, the rule years ago, by all accounts, was was when a player pulled or when a team pulled out that they were shoved down to um to Division 4. I, I mm. Did it happen there over a few years ago? Star, they, were the last... they were the last, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the few last teams that that has happened to there is no doubt that clubs that there are clubs out there that would possibly take advantage of that I suppose you do have to admire Geraldine's last year Adrian yeah despite the problems they had solved the season um, and and endeared to get a team out every single week I would I would su- suggest you that the difference between the prospect situation and the Geraldine situation is, is markedly different in that Journalists did go into the season with the manager they appointed and he endeavoured to get out the team every week and they did have a squad at the start of the season but progressively lost players as the season went on. Prospect situation is a little bit different um, in that they have been literally left in the lurch in the last week um, in terms of the manager leaving and they were under the impression that within reason everything wasn't too bad in the background uh, and it obviously wasn't in terms of player retention etc. So their, their, their situation is, is slightly different. I don't think any any reasonable committee would want to pull out their team out of Premier Football. The optics aren't good for the club and, and the optics of course aren't going to be good for the league either because this will go nationwide and it won't look good for the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it I is know, a team. As well, I just want to make clear that I certainly wasn't suggesting that it was a, you know, a prospect abuse in the rules to be fair. You know, I was just saying that in a broader sense that it absolutely. could be, you know, absolutely. Like I do know that that it's it's unfair, as you said, on the the prospect squad. The likes of Jerry McMahon, who works very hard behind the scenes yeah. for prospect as well, you know. And it is it is a disaster that you're going into the Munster Junior Champions, like, and you're asking your players who didn't sign up for it literally to to go in there and, and fulfil the fixture. Going into Fairview, as you said as well, Aidan, like. It's funny because you did say if there's not goals in this Fairview team with the front three they have, they haven't, you know, scored more than three in the first two games, which people probably thought they would have. 
Um, is there a bit of a, I suppose, a difference in approach uh, in this year? Because they, they kind of had, I suppose, in some ways, a star-studded squad in terms of bench as well included um, last season. I looked at the bench and it was, and Paul Danner did say to me before the season started that they were going to be a bit more reliant on younger players, youth players and B players to fulfil the bench this year rather than maybe having a full first team squad. You have the likes of Jason Cross and Wayne Colbert actually started the game uh, on Sunday for Fairview. You had the likes of Jack Cross and Ben O'Shaughnessy on the bench who had played against uh, Corbley United on the, on the Saturday night uh, when they gave us a, a real trouncing. But, um, you know, I suppose, do you think that there's a bit of a, a difference or, or will Paul Danner still be looking to recruit a few more? I think Paul Daniel is still looking to recruit a few more. I mean, you're bringing in players of the quality of Conor Ellis, Jake Dillon. I think you're you're going to be looking to add to that in the next uh, three to four weeks. No, I will say that the, the second team they had playing the Premier A, so they're playing at a good high standard, and they have been producing some good youth players the last few years. Um, so I, if if obviously if if the youth players they feel the youth players are good enough they're going to put them on the bench and give them opportunity. But if your young players have left also this season, um, uh, Adrian and they didn't hold on to them, they didn't manage to hold on to them. So Conor Keane was there, wasn't he? Owned he was up, actually, owned up. Yeah, owned off has gone to Region United. Yes, yeah, that was one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they didn't stay. Um, I I would think that if if quality players Become, become available that Fairview will be going after them Certainly yes and, and I'm not going to be disrespectful to prospect and not look for a prediction obviously we do think Fairview are, go, are going to win the game but with respect we'll both say our predictions Ed, and, and what was your own prediction for this? Well obviously Fairview are going to win and you'd expect them to win comfortably um, if Conor Ellison the likes of Darren Rainsford and, and Conor Coughlin are on the pitch it's going to be a, light, a long night for prospect isn't it? Yeah absolutely Um I suppose that that concludes our information and our preview for the Thursday night games. It's going to be another busy weekend, Ed, and um, Sunday morning as well. There's fixtures galore on, um, you know, exciting time of the year, as we've discussed already. I assume you'll be around the town floating, looking at fixtures yourself over the coming days. Yes, we'll, 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 uh, we'll take in one Thursday night for definite, and we'll, take in, uh, we'll probably take in Crew uh, and Bella Thursday night. Is the Crew and Pike on, on Sunday? Mm, as far as yeah. I'm doing, yes. Another, another tasty encounter there. So plenty of games for people to 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 enjoy, and some some crackers there as well. Hopefully.